announcing that he's 55 points below the cutoff line. Gibbs finishing the top 10. Good to see him in the playoff bubble now. Now, someone might have to fact check that because that guy could have been just giving us a crock of shit. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. Welcome to episode four of Under Caution. My name is Will. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Tanner. We have an exciting episode today as we discuss the Hendrick Baby of the Week, a recap of the Chicago Street Race, a preview of the Atlanta Night Race, and more. Tanner, cue the temporary theme song. Booyah! Pod, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for listening. We're going to kick it off a little differently this week. Start out with Hendrick Baby of the Week because there was a lot of them that I saw that need to get uh, brought up. Um, but I have one. Um, it was off of Twitter. Uh, but this week's, my Hendrick Baby of the Week, this week's uh, is goes to one round wedge. One Round Wedge is a self-proclaimed track bar enthusiast and decided to take to Twitter about this time yesterday to tweet out, Fun fact, Shane Van Gisbergen never passed Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson passed like he was standing still and under-breaking and which is supposedly Shane Van Gisbergen's greatest attribute. I saw a lot of stuff um, on social media, all platforms, about how Kyle Larson, whenever they had went, he was one of the guys that pitted or whatever, whenever they went um, to 75 laps instead of uh, 100 laps. And a bunch of people are pissed at saying that Kyle Larson should have won the race. Um I'm not quite sure what the logic is, um, but I have news for you, Run One Round Wedge. Kyle Van Gisbergen obviously did pass Kyle Larson because, what do you know, he won the damn race. So, so let me just get this straight. So, so this guy said, is, is, this guy's basically trying to discredit SVG and be like, oh, SVG's not, not good, that didn't matter because he never, like him and he never passed Kyle. Like he just got in front of Kyle on a pit cycle. Like he never passed him in a corner in a passing. Is that what he's trying to say? I guess like that's so. what he out of everything in the race he could have took away. He took away that the guy that won never passed his favorite driver. Yeah, basically just trying to justify that Kyle Larson should have won is what I got from it. Well that's a little that's a little ridiculous. Um Speaking of Kyle Larson and adding on to Crybaby of the Week, there's a Kyle Larson Facebook page called Kyle Larson 5. I'm obviously not in it, but I did see some- I'm not a part of yeah, it. Yeah, William's not in it. I'm not in it. So don't go looking for us in there because you're not going to find us. But if that's your thing and that's who you root for and you want to join it and you want to talk about Kyle Larson, then hey, to each their own. But anyways, somebody posted in there and it was a uh, – a post about NBC Sports, as you know, NASCAR is now uh, broadcasted on NBC instead of Fox. This was so. This is like some stats they had. So NASCAR Chicago averaged four point seven nine five million viewers. It's the most watched NASCAR on NBC since twenty seventeen. Most watched Cup Series race since the two thousand twenty three Daytona. So basically, the most watched race this year besides the first, you know, Daytona five hundred kick it off. 
Um, we're up 144% viewers from last year at Road America, and the race is also the most streamed NASCAR race in Peacock history. So those are pretty impressive stats, and we'll get into the Chicago race right after this because I have a few thoughts. I know William definitely has a few thoughts on this street race that we tried to pull off this past weekend, but people were absolutely mind-blown and pissed about this post. Now, keep in mind, this is, this, this is a Kyle Larson fan page. This isn't anything about like Kyle Larson or you know someone hitting him or him losing. This is just somebody saying, hey, guys, look what we as fans did for the sport, and people are pissed. Uh, Sonny Mathis said, you cannot believe anything that comes from NBC. They lie constantly. And then somebody said, I'm pretty sure the TV companies are not the ones responsible for compiling this information. Um, someone commented, this needs to be fact-checked. Uh, someone else said, all of a sudden, everyone is supposed to believe that NBC is going to tell the truth after eight years of broadcasting nothing but lies. Dude, to me, it's like, how can you doubt that? I think like when something new comes on, it's obviously going to draw people in. And something like this is going to draw people in just because it's a street race. It's the first like time we've ever done this. So I don't see why anyone would have reason to doubt that. Like I get it. Some people don't trust news companies, but like this isn't the news. This is it's it's just NASCAR. Like, you know? So I don't see the disconnect between the facts and what people think might be lied about. It's just that's just stupid. It might be because they're sad. Fo- I mean, people up in the Fox booth love booth. Excuse me, uh, loved talking about the Hendrick cars and put them on a higher pedestal. I mean, the sport in general does, but but um, I think Fox kind of did that more than NBC's doing. Because um, I've I've noticed too, especially on Reddit. I've kind of been poking the bear recently since we've gone to NBC. And I do want to get something straight. I do like NBC coverage more than Fox. However, I don't think Dale Jr. is a very good broadcaster. Oh, I have something to say about him. And a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't like that. I mean, he's a lot better from last year so far in two races. I didn't get to see the whole race as it happened live. It seems like he's coming into his own a little bit, but he still struggles. But I just think maybe Fox just held the Hendrick cars on a bigger pedestal is why they like to poke at NBC. But, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not quite sure. So, like, I don't get this. Like, I do – I get what Dale Jr. was saying in this quote that I'm about to say, but also don't get it. So – and correct me if I'm wrong, William, because I, I'm very confused by why he would say this on live TV. So, a defending champion – is someone that won the championship, like someone that's that's the reigning champion. He's defending that title. It's not somebody that won the championship four years ago, five years ago. The defending champion is the person that won the latest championship, correct? Yeah. Well, riddle me this. Why did Dale Jr., I don't know what part of the race this was, but I remember I was watching it. I didn't get to see the full race. I saw the last half of it. I thought they were going to like reschedule it for Monday, and I just didn't turn it on and before – like it was too late, I realized. But Dale Jr., Chase Elliott's battling somebody, and I have in quotes on my notes, it says, Chase Elliott, defending champion. Newsflash, Dale Jr., he's not the defending champion. That's Joey Logano. Everyone knows that. He's not even, and it's not even easy to get that confused because it's Kyle Larson that's before him. So, like, I just don't get it. Do they ride him so much? And then it's like that picture you sent me, today or yesterday 
where a NASCAR affiliated page posted a, a whole graphic, you know, catered to Chase Elliott, announcing that he's 55, announcing that he's fifty five points below the cutoff line. That is an immeasurable gap. That's a lot of points. That is not newsworthy. That is not newsworthy. The only the only thing newsworthy about that post is Chase Elliott has ran like ass this year, sincerely. He has. I think he might have done he did good at um at uh He's done better. He's done better. Straight we had he did good. And then I think he did I think he finished okay at Chicago, but so he came in third. Yeah, so he did he did, he did good, but still he's fifty five and like I said last episode, I don't think he'll win a race. Not to jump into the Atlanta preview, but he will have a good shot there. He always does. But let before we get ahead of ourselves, let's talk about this race in Chicago because I know that you have some thoughts and views on it that I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say about this race. Well, it was it was a it was a disastrous start, and I don't know how everything. I'm kind of feeding back a little bit, but I can I can go through though. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, a lot of people realize this, but it was kind of a, a disastrous start um, because a worker had died setting up for the Chainsmokers concert that never e- even ended up happening. Um, so, you know, rest in peace to that man and prayers to his family. That's pretty awful. I didn't know that. Uh, I guess it was just heat related, maybe. Um, but they were, you know, the Chainsmokers were supposed to perform the night before. And it never happened. It got rained out. Uh, that being said, weather wasn't friendly the whole weekend. The track was underwater at one point. And NASCAR did a really good job, from what I understand, to get all the water out and make it drivable. Here's a funny gag. Uh, there, there were stories I watched. I can't remember his name, but the YouTuber I had mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, the one with the beard and the glasses, he went to that race, and he was talking about this. Apparently, there were stories about like someone getting arrested because he had went out drinking the night before, got in his car, and got arrested because he got on the track. Yeah, it was like I don't know if it was just one guy, but they were getting. He posted on Twitter, or it's like it was either him or another reporter, or no, it might have been Bob Parker's. I think it was Bob Parker's. They were getting access from the track from like one of the turns or something like. It just wasn't well guarded. And I think like three or four cars got on the track. He just started joyriding it. But yeah, uh, I heard they got charged like felony charges or something for getting on there. I, to that, I say free them until it's backwards because who would, I would want to do that. Like if I got the chance, that'd be awesome. It would. Uh, but as far as the race itself goes, I thought it was kind of a weird race from what I saw. Um, Truex, Bush in particular, and Reddick, uh, but Truex, Truex, Bush, and Reddick buried their cars under the tire barriers, <laughs> and they couldn't get them out. That was pretty funny. Uh, Bale had a good points day, won the two stages, so that was really good to see. do want to say congrats to Shane Van Gisbergen and uh, Trackhouse Racing for having two back-to-back successful weeks. That's a team that's really coming to life. Um, Gus Bergen's background is street racing. However, the cars he drives are reversed to what an American stock car is. So um, out of habit, he was shifting with his left hand. I didn't know that. I was watching Action's uh, 
detrimental yesterday and saw that. But he was shifting with his left hand from the right side of the driver's seat. Uh, with that being said... No, um, no, 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 no. I, I know what you're talking about. He was shifting with his opposite hand, but not his left. So he's nor he so normally he normally shifts with his left hand because he's on the right side of the car in Australia. Right. But he's on the right. left side of the car, so he had to shift with his right hand, which is is what they referred to as other hand. Like he's so he's, that makes more sense. Yeah, he's not reaching across um, his body. He was just using his right yeah, hand like, instead. But. Uh, that being said, do you think that was more of an advantage or a disadvantage that he was, you know, that that's kind of his style of racing or those street races in Australia? Yeah, so I was going to talk about this. I think uh, that that is such an accomplishment for him to come in and, you know, win that first start. But with that being said, I do think that is – like it's like Denny said on Actions Detrimental, that race was more into his world than it was into the Cup Series drivers' world. Like if that was if that was an oval track, I don't think that would ever happen. But I do think him being flip flopped in the car is a huge disadvantage for him. But that kind of track, you know, the hidden corners and and all that, that's more in his world. Like you know, that's what they race on all the time. So you know, I think. And I'm not taking away from his victory. Like I, I post reposted him on the Instagram. Um, you know, congratulations with the ki- kiwi emoji. I thought that was super cool. Uh, I do want to say, apparently Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson like said that he's going to go back to Australia and tell and tell them how bad we suck. He might do that. I don't really think he does. Like I feel like he's he probably has respect for the sport, but at the same time. If someone is thinking that, or if there's a hater out there that's like, oh, NASCAR, that's so stupid. Some guy that don't even race came and won. Well, yes, he did come and win, but it was also a track that was, you know, we've never done this before. Our drivers are not used to this. If that was on an oval, it would have never happened. I thought it was really good by Actions Detrimental, too. I wrote this in my notes, that being said. I was going to ask about him going back to his homeland and saying that we suck. And that being said, if roles were reversed, I, I'd probably do it. Because it's, it, you know, it's like, I don't know. I think they used LeBron James as an example. If he went over and to Australia and dominated football or, or a basketball game, he'd come back and say, yeah, Australians suck at basketball. I probably yeah, would. I mean, I definitely get it, I, and I think like if if he wants to do that, he's you know he has every right to. I mean, he won. No one could take that away from. Him. Even if he didn't pass Kyle Larson, he still won. Is that you think that's good for NASCAR that he won? I think it might be good and bad. I mean, I think it's got pros and cons. Uh, you know, people are like, oh, we grew the fan base to New Zealand and Australia because they tuned in and their driver won, and like. Yeah, we might have they might have watched that race, but I don't I don't think you can say NASCAR grew their fan base in those countries because like look, if our favorite driver, if Martin Truex Jr. went and he drove in like a Japan or like if he drove in SVG's um series, whatever it's called, the supercar series, whatever, we would probably watch the race. Like a lot of Americans would probably watch the race. But I'm not gonna yeah. tune in to another race like that unless my guy's driving. So I don't think that we can just sit out here and say, oh, we grew our fan base into those markets because I don't see them, you know, flipping through the TV and turning on a NASCAR race if SVG's not racing again. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, and even the more his world than than ours talk. Even even that being said, it's almost kind of embarrassing. I don't think it should be because I, I think it does bring good awareness to the sport in general. Um, I wouldn't say that the whole countries of New Zealand and Australia are going to watch every NASCAR race now, but I thought it brought good awareness to it. But it is a little bit uh, em- embarrassing. I've never seen a first-time entry car win, too, so that was really weird to see. It's been 67 years since someone went on their first start. I have that wrote down. I don't I don't think it's really that embarrassing because, you know, it's it would be more embarrassing if someone like – at a low tier team because this guy's talented. Like this guy's one of the, this guy's one of the best. It, it would be like us sending Kyle Larson over to another series. Like he's he's a very talented driver. It's not some scrub that came in and just backed into a win or something. So I mean he's he's good and that that track is more in his world than it is ours. So you know I don't I don't think it's anything to be embarrassed too much about. But I guess there is some sense of national pride there that you could be embarrassed by you know in a way where did the where did the joe gibbs cars place truex got 32nd because he buried that underneath the yeah tire he was barrier. having such a rough day but i thought i couldn't help to laugh it was i think it was the last i think he might have been the last caution it was right when haley and svg were battling they were going back and forth it was on that caution when haley was out in front so he, he restarted in the front but it was like Yellow flag, caution's out, caution's out. And the camera and the camera cuts to the caution and that 19 is just buried in the tire barrier. And I just couldn't help but to laugh, man. He was having such a rough day though. Um I think the I think Ty Gibbs and Bell did did fair. I think they did okay. Bell well Bell didn't finish good, but he he got the two playoff points. Uh, yeah, he uh Gibbs Gibbs finished in the top ten. Good to see him in the playoff bubble now. We could get to that, too. He ran well, and then Denny with the pole setter. I don't understand how Denny can win all these poles on the road courses, and then he just comes out and sucks. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think enough. the rain I think the rain definitely plays a factor. Because I was a big – because when I was watching the race, I, like, I wasn't very excited for it. And then when I was watching, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. I would have liked to see it play out how it was designed with no rain. I think that would have been a lot better just from a like a – like the end, end goal standpoint, like the event would have been a lot better without the rain. Well, yeah, there was cars skirting 40 yards. That's how Kyle Busch ran. Yeah. Apparently, he couldn't control his shit and then skirted 40 yards and buried that thing into the tire barrier that first time. Something that gave me, like, very immense joy watching was Justin Haley out in front, and that three of Austin Dillon was sitting there trying to bully him. Like, I mean, you could just – and I don't know what it was about the way he was driving because normally, like when someone's driving aggressive, it just kind of looks like they're driving. He was going over the top aggressive, and I was sitting there watching it, and I was like, "Dude, he's really pushing Haley right now." And then, like another lap goes, and he pushes way too hard and eats a wall, and I just had the biggest smile on my face because I was like, "Dude, like what are you doing, bro? It's raining outside. There's..." Standing water on the track, like, come on. What would senior do, moment? Well, I commented that. I was like, he tried to drive like senior and got put into a wall. And And that's proven. I mean, this does not look good for Austin Dillon. Obviously, there's time for him to flip the script, but the fact that Bush is in third in points and has won three races and Austin Dillon is like 30th 
it's you know when 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 Rowdy came to RCR, they they were all saying, oh, this is gonna push uh, Austin Dillon to the limit, and he's gonna kind of get over that hump, and he's gonna have a breakout season with Bush around him now. Not really looking the case right now though. So the seat's getting a little hot for Dillon. There's a few other in the field that seat's getting hot for too though. Alex Bowman, I think, is also another person who's you know if they're not in the hot seat yet, they're they're getting there. Yeah, Bowman comes up. Uh, obviously, Harrison Burton with the Wood Bros. Corey LaJoy maybe with Spire. I don't think Spire would ever get rid of Corey LaJoy just because his name. He's like the bread and butter. Yeah, his name's a lot bigger than it should be. Because he just, just with, we talked about burying cars under the tire bearer. Hell, he'll just run right through it. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the seven getting stuck. He just runs through it. Doesn't He doesn't <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, all in all, I thought it was a good – I mean, the race exceeded my expectations. I know that it was very, very low. I wish I could have watched it. Looking back at all the highlights and everything, I feel like I might have enjoyed watching the end. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that kind of race going in the future. Um, I know they had signed something for three years. They would do it for three years. Depends on what Chicago thinks, too, because it's – put on by Chicago just as much as it is by NASCAR too. Yeah. So yeah. I mean the people that don't like to watch racing in general probably hated it just because of how many roads were probably blocked off around there I too. Thought that about was- that. That would suck if you like didn't care about racing and that was your normal route. I mean you that just threw your whole weekend off, which isn't really a big deal, but that's like one of those mildly infuriating moments. Like that would piss me off for sure if I wasn't a race fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um do you got anything else for yeah, just, Chicago? Just one thing, then we can move on. I was going to ask, did you uh, were you aware there's some more uh, number one Ross Crash Stain drama going on right now? Uh, it's it might not be that might have been worded wrong. It's not going on right now, but it something funny on the radioactive that I saw. So the 38, um, who I believe is Todd Gilliland, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't he is. Um, so I guess Ross bumped him or something. I, I don't know. I didn't see the crash. I don't know whose fault it was, but it was probably like, let's be real. It's probably Ross's fault. And his spotter comes on the, on the mic and says, blank that one car, get back to his ass and put him into the fence. So like the whole, the Ross saga just continues. Uh, I just thought that was funny. It just seems like he can't go a week without having his name brought up in a bad way. Yeah. It definitely sucks if you're not a Chastain fan to see him do that to drivers, but it's, I mean, it's good content, makes it interesting. It's a good storyline, at least. So I'm all for the drama. I'm glad it's getting back. As long as he's not doing it to my driver, I don't really care. Um, But uh, yeah, Mr. Loose Cannon likes running through people, not around them. I need to watch the radioactive too. I haven't watched it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, as long as he's not doing it to my driver, then I, I do like the the drama it brings. I like when I like drivers having that personality, and I I wish NASCAR wouldn't suppress that. But I guess mm-hmm. going on, I mean, so we're headed down south a little bit, a lot further south than Chicago. We're going to the Peach State, Georgia, Atlanta. ATL, home of the Braves. ATL, ho. <laughs> ATL, ho. Um, so, very close to... Actually, I don't know how close it is to Dawsonville, but I know Chase Elliott will have a cult-like following going into this weekend. 
as he always does. As he always does. A little bit more annoying this way. A little more amplified when you're hearing it in the stands right beside you. I mean, I don't know. Atlanta. It's the new Atlanta, but as Kyle Busch would say, it's no different than the old Atlanta. You like the new Atlanta more than you like the old? No. (laughs) What's the difference? What's the difference between these two tracks? Oh, both bought at Walmart. <laughs> or he was talking about the cars, I thought, though. I think he was like, I think they said, you like the, you like the new Atlanta better than old? And he goes, nope. Well, what's the difference between the two? They're the same. But uh, Chase Elliott won last year. Uh, like you mentioned, kind of a hometown race. Um, is this the week we see him in victory lane? I know a lot of people are calling for it. They're saying either ATL or the Glen, which is next week. Is this the week that he finally gets that dub? I say it's now or never. I say it either happens this week or it doesn't happen at all. I I don't think it'll happen at uh, Watkins Glen. I don't think he'll go bowling at the Glen. You know, a lot of people are saying he's not having fun with the sport. and I, I don't know. I mean, I don't follow him close enough to pick up on his little cues or whatever. And I, and I don't know how he is in front of the camera. From what I've seen, he's not really a – Big cam. I mean, he's just, he just seems kind of chill in front of the camera. He's not like a big personality or anything. So I don't know. I think he's probably having fun. He's probably just you know he has a, he's had a rough year and he's not in the playoffs. More of a celebrity than he is a driver. That is true. That, I think he's kind of owned up to that. Um, maybe if he doesn't like the sport, why doesn't he just leave? Just leave. No one wants you here, bro. People are saying that. People are saying they think he'll do a um a Matt Kenseth. I mean, I'm sorry, not Matt. Carl people, yeah, people are saying that he'll do a Carl Edwards and just retire. You brought up a good point about him being a celebrity more than a driver. I was listening to Denny's podcast. Denny said, okay, one, Denny loves being around the fans and whatnot. He said, and I think it was like after the Nashville race or maybe before, what at Nashville weekend, he went out and they were offering him like a VIP table. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, like, I don't want that. Like, or it might not have been like a table at a bar, but it was somewhere out where people were there, like a lot of people, and they offered him like a VIP suite. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't want the VIP suite. I want to be like around everybody. And I think that's, and, and I also think it's cool being able to listen to his podcast because a lot of people don't like him. I mean, we liked him because we he races for Joe Gibbs, but he's actually a really cool person if you listen to the podcast. And I think that like says it like maybe if Ross Chastain had a podcast, he'd be a pretty cool guy and I would, you know, gravitate towards him. But, you know, he doesn't have that platform, so I don't. But, you know, I just think it's cool to be able to see the other side of the person, you know, the person, not the driver. And didn't you say or I remember you were talking to the dude at the Raleigh Green show in Talladega and they had met someone and they said one of the drivers came out and they got to meet him and he was hanging with Chase Elliott in the holler and Chase Elliott wouldn't come out. Yeah, no, it was at the dirt race at Talladega and it was, I'm 99% sure they met Chase Briscoe. Was it not Chase Briscoe? I remember the guy, he was wearing a Bowman shirt and we were talking, he was like, yeah, last night. Uh, we met Chase Briscoe after the race, and Chase Elliott was there, but he wouldn't get out of his car and had his helmet on. Now, someone might have to fact check that because that guy could have been just giving us a crock of shit. Because like, I don't know if these guys raced on the dirt race Friday night or not, but I'm gonna give the guy the benefit of the doubt because we hung around him for 25 minutes and he was pretty cool. But if that's bullshit, someone just call it out. But that's what he said. He said Chase Elliott wouldn't get out of the car and take his helmet off. So I don't know. Hmm. 
Yeah, super speedway race, and a lot of people will disagree with me, but I kind of like the new Atlanta just because it's kind of turned more into a that restrictor plate, draft, badass racing that I tend to like. I actually got to tour the Speedway one year when I was really little. I don't know if I ever told you this. It was, it, And uh, we actually got to ride on the track. I don't remember a lot, but I thought it was worth mentioning. I, I went to we went to, we were at a Braves game, and we that was part of our trip was touring that speedway. So that was really cool. And I remember because we toured the uh, we toured the Turner Field. At this point, this is how long ago it was at the old Braves Stadium. And I have pictures from when we were touring the Braves Stadium, and it was the same day that we toured the speedway. And I was wearing a Tony Stewart number twenty shirt. If you if you've got pictures of you at that speedway, we should throw them up on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll yeah. this was when we were at the Braves, though, at this point. There should, I mean, surely if my mom was taking pictures of us at the Braves, she was probably taking pictures at the Speedway, too. But I thought that was really cool. Don't remember a whole lot about it, though. Um, but if you remember, this was the race last year that Corey LaJoy almost won, too. And he, the, it, you remember yeah, that? Yeah, the one track he runs good at. That's a, that's a sleeper pick right there for anyone listening. That he all he does do good at um, Atlanta. I completely forgot about that. But he, yeah, he was on the. He was competing for the win against Chase Elliott and ended up bringing out the caution and taking Truex with him. Yeah, uh, oh my, Truex yeah. is driving my auto's insurance car this week too. So maybe that'll we need that auto's insurance to get some good juju back. I think he hadn't been. You know, we've always said that nineteen car is dangerous whenever he's in the. Black and blue. Yeah, he's in that blue, but it hasn't been in victory lane yet. Yeah, we we need to need to bring that back. But uh, yeah, I don't have I don't I don't have much insight on Atlanta. Like I I'm not really a big you know I kind of forget we even race there in a way. Like I'm not a big Atlanta. And I I was thinking about that today. Like when we lived in Alabama, like we'd always go to Talladega, but we never once even thought about going to Atlanta. And I guess it's because we were on the western side of the state but like growing up i mean and and you're you know from where you're from is kind of like in the middle of the state where i'm from is kind of on the eastern side of alabama but like we'd go to atlanta a lot for like six flags and stuff in the summer but yeah like we never even talked about going to atlanta for a race i think we, we should have done that yeah um i don't know had I, th- th- I think this is our second time racing here this year is it not yeah we've ra- yeah yeah we raced at atlanta i think I'm like ninety percent sure. Yeah, who won last time? If I had to bet, it was probably William Byron. Not a bad bet. Logano won. See, I was wanting to say Logano, but I wasn't sure. Was that the race when when you were in Athens that one time? Well, we didn't watch the the Cup race, but we watched that Xfinity race, and Sammy Smith won. Oh, that that might have been the same weekend when he won. I think yeah, it was I know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that because you were like, I remember watching the Xfinity race, and you were like, "Yeah, man, if you watch this, they get a caution like every ten laps." They do, dude. I don't know. I can't remember. I think I was in Florence this weekend because I remember making the joke like we should have just went to Atlanta because we went out uh, Saturday night, and I was like, we should have just loaded up and went to Atlanta. That might have been it, man. I can't remember. I was there. I, we were, we were together that weekend at some point. 
But yeah, Joey Logano won last last time, followed by Keselowski, Bell, LaJoy, Reddick. Oh, look, number four in fourth, LaJoy. He runs good here. Reddick, Hamlin, Blaney, Jones, Gibbs. And coming in 10th was Kyle Busch. I'm not going to go down the list, but you get the idea. Well, we can kick it to final thoughts here in a minute. I do want to conversate a little bit. We were talking about Ty Gibbs being on the bubble and how we should be patient with him, but he's 16th. If, yeah. if if it were to, if we were to start playoffs today, uh, he would be he would be in it along with Bubba. And as of right now, all of the Toyotas are in the top sixteen, so that's really good. Um, hopefully, we can keep him in the top sixteen. He keeps putting together good races. He'll definitely be in there for sure. On the bubble, there was really odd people that you don't normally think about that is in that bubble. In between Gibbs and Chase Elliott, who's sitting at negative fifty five. Um, cause he sucks. I shouldn't have said that. I apologize. But, uh, I'm looking at the post right now. This guy commented, it's crazy to think Chase can point his way in with 130 likes. Goes both the conversation we were talking about last week. They're going to praise him for that, for giving a good effort, but then they're also going to make that an excuse. And it's no one's fault but Chase cause you know, maybe he doesn't love NASCAR anymore. Maybe he, I mean, he cares more to go snowboarding and breaking bones than he does getting geared up towards racing and trying to win a championship. So maybe, maybe to all the Chase Elliott fans out there, maybe you need to find a different driver that actually cares about his craft on the racetrack every Sunday. You know? And the worst part about this is, is I don't even hate Chase Elliott, like as a person or a driver, like whatever. It's, it's the fans. It's it's you guys it's you Chase Elliott fans that are listening right now. It's y'all that drive me crazy. I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care one bit if it wasn't for the fans. I mean, you have a good you have a big fan base and that's really cool, but I just don't understand, man. I mean, you see football fans and baseball fans and there's some, you know, obnoxious, you know, fans obviously, don't get me wrong. But it just doesn't feel the same, you know? It, it's just, I don't know. Like, if, if Alabama, see, I'm a big Alabama fan, and it might be the same with LSU for you, or the Jets or whatever, like, if if they suck and lose a football game, then I'm going to say, yeah, they suck, you know? But if, if Chase Elliott had a chance to win a race and didn't, then it's going to be because of this, 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 and this, and it's – and it's not Chase's fault because he's the best driver of all time. In the words of Denny Hamlin, uh, they don't think straight. I think I think uh, if you're, you know, I, I and like, dude, I don't know how the fans were back then. Like, we didn't have social media to interact with them, but I would imagine there's a comparison between the fan Chase Elliott fans now and like Jeff Gordon fans back in the day. Like, they're, you know, I just feel like that's probably a very straightforward like connection there in some weird way yeah and i remember rooting for junior maybe when i was little a little bit but everything gets compared to a junior's fan base i don't know but you don't see it with any of, of these other you know daddy's boy type deals in nascar i mean there's plenty of people like that Corey lajoy ryan blaney who ryan's popular but um he doesn't have near the fan base that that chase elliott has um who are some other ones? I mean, Truex, his dad drove. Um, he wasn't never really good, and there's more like that. But it's I don't I don't understand. Probably because he drives a Chevy for 
Rick Hendrick. That's probably why. But um, I don't know, man. I don't want to like spend the whole podcast shitting on Chase Elliott. Like, whatever. I give him props when the props are due to him, but also, like, like I said, the fan. Like, I just read stuff online, and y'all just say the most outlandish shit. Like, just stuff that just doesn't make sense, dude. Like, get with the program. But I don't have I don't have much to say besides oh right now I'm working so if you follow our TikTok it's at under caution pod and so I've been doing this thing like you know you see you have the filters of guys that'll have like a basketball filter or football filter they'll be like building a team like they'll use the filter building a football team until I can win the Super Bowl day one day two well I'm doing a thing it's like day one of building a driver slash team and talking win the championship and the, the filter goes on my head and it stops. And I choose that driver for like one of six things. Like we have crew chief spotter, pit crew, manufacturer team, uh, sponsors number, uh, short track, intermediate, super speedway skill. We're doing that. But the filter on TikTok only has like six drivers on it. So right now I'm kind of in the middle of creating a filter that has all of them. Um, I also do like little videos. Like I did the top 10 patriotic schemes for the 4th of July. I thought that one was really good. And just some other cool little videos. And we might even start posting some clips from the pod on there. So if you want to see that, that's more like a behind the scenes, like funny thing. Follow at under caution pod. Um, you know, as always, the Instagram at under caution pod. Um, you want to call in and be on the pod, you want to tell us something, something you like, something you don't like, give us a voicemail, 502-627-0022. Or if you don't feel comfortable calling in, you can always email us, undercautionpod at gmail.com. Let's just go ahead and kick it to final thoughts. My final thought is I think street course was cool. Uh, we can do that moving forward. Maybe not a points race. Maybe something like the clash in the dirt race. Maybe knock one of those off the list. You know, have have three slots. You have the clash, dirt race, and all-star race. You have three kind of gimmicks. Um, if you want that street race, you know, replace one, but don't do more than one street race a year. I think it'd be cool to go back to Daytona Beach, a beach course. It's it's literally a two-piece track. It's on the beach and then on the road. I think that'd be super cool. I don't know why we hadn't done that yet. But, yeah, that's my final thought. You can go ahead and close this out. Well, that was episode four of Under Caution. My name is Will. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Tanner, and we hope you – have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. Uh, get ready to watch some super speedway racing. Thank y'all. Boom!